the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, solo host for the next few minutes anyways. Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. Rob will be here in a few minutes. Stock market today, generally higher. We've got three major indexes all up a little over a half a percent. Today we've got a bit of a jump in oil prices. European equity markets generally up. Better than expected earnings results from Deere. Applied Materials, Salesforce, and even Gap came in a little bit better than expected. I haven't looked into that one too much because... Our retailers just getting hammered lately as people change the way they shop. Rob Black and I will be together, though, tomorrow, Saturday, Palo Alto Elks Club. We've got two events that we're doing together. Um, and uh, if you haven't signed up, sign up quick because they're the uh, afternoon one, which is more of the wealth-building one, how to get to your first million. I'm going to give you 15 things that we talk about at a minimum at this event to kind of help people build a financial base. That one's pretty much full, so you can try to sign up and see if there's some spots left. There's a little bit of room left in the morning event, which is retirement income strategies. And this is a big one because people are looking at the markets feeling like, okay, things have done generally well in the last eight years. Am I ready to be able to retire? Do I have enough? And that's that gets a little bit more complicated. Look, timing the market when you're young, it doesn't matter. You have to actually train yourself to go against your gut and go against what everybody else is doing. Everybody else is talking about selling something or buying something. You actually want to do the opposite typically. So when the market corrects when you're younger at 10, 15, 20%, that's a buying opportunity the next decade. And you try to find more money to add to your portfolio. Try to find ways to save money and put more into your 401k. But when you've retired and you have a limited resource, which is your savings, You've got to make it last. So timing is actually everything. And I'm not talking about going all in or all out of the market. Those, you know, people that have a successful track record more than once or twice, they don't exist. And so it's a matter of setting up an income strategy that makes sense. When I got into the business at a really young age, I was majoring in engineering and math. And the whole business around me was the world of sales. And it was the world of commission-based annuities and mutual funds and things like that. And I didn't like it. So I transitioned into a fee-based approach, a fiduciary approach. 
but I still had that numbers background and I realized that, okay, I simply looked at the returns of the stock market in the past and realized that first thing I noticed when I got into the business, there had been only one year in the last hundred or one period in the last hundred years where the market was negative three years in a row. It was right after the Great Depression. And oddly enough, Great Depression occurred. The economy started to recover. But then the Federal Reserve started raising interest rates too soon. It caused another recession. And the market actually was negative three years in a row. And it wasn't drastically negative. It wasn't like 73, 74 when it was down nearly 40-some percent. But it's one thing to be down a couple of years in a row, but there's a the, the point at which you start, and then there's the bottom from the correction, and then there's the period of time that it takes to recovery, and those generally last anywhere from two to six years. Now, the last one, 2007, that, that peak in October of 2007 took a little bit longer, but I always said, okay, I'm going to have at least three years worth of expenses or portfolio draws set aside in cash in order to get through the downside, but the dividends and interest from the portfolio will last another two to two and a half years and then have some alternative investments to make sure that you can weather the storm. As long as you don't aren't forced to sell when the market declines in order to put food on your table or pay your expenses, the market will recover. If you look at a chart, bottom left, top right, increases over time. You've got some short-term blips every Every year, there's a couple of 5 to 7% corrections. Usually every year, there's at least one 10% correction. And every 5 to 7 years, you get a 20% correction. And that's okay. They're buying opportunities in the next decade as long as you have some powder dry to be able to take advantage of those. So creating an income strategy around realizing that, around realizing that dividends from stocks are super important. Companies that increase their dividend, even in tough economies, have a history of increasing their dividends. So your income can actually go up when the stock prices are down. You get paid to wait through that period of time. So between your cash and your dividends and your interest on your bonds, you get paid to wait. Where everybody else is panicking around you because they have to sell principal in order to put food on the table, you're getting paid to wait. You got your cash, you got your dividends, hopefully you got some real estate income and other ways that you've built wealth, but getting paid to wait, getting that passive income it's great, but a lot of it, getting into retirement, you have to know your expenses. You have to be able to sit down and you've itemized your expenses, but you know what you're going to do in retirement in terms of getting yourself out of bed, motivating you to, to, to get up the next day, go play golf, go do your charity work, go take care of your grandkids, um, you know, paint, hit the gym, those types of things. What are you going to do and what is that going to cost you? How much are you going to travel? And realizing that you get this term kind of smiley face uh, expenses in retirement, or when you retire, sometimes for the first couple of years, you're actually spending more money than when you were working because you're traveling. Maybe you're doing the RV thing. Maybe you're second home. You're doing the bucket list type stuff or the honey-do list type stuff, and your expenses actually tend to go up a little bit in the first couple of years. You have to realize that that might occur in your situation and most of your other expenses tend to decline a little bit. There's inflation, though, that offsets it, so you have to realize that. Inflation for the general, fam- general families in America has averaged about 3.7% the last couple of years because of food and energy. In retirement, it's a little bit different because you do, as you age, you tend to travel a little bit less, say, in your 80s, 90s, things like that. But that's offset by health care costs, which tend to go up at 6% inflation. So you have to know your expenses so you can do long-term cash flow projections, which will help you then realize when should you take Social Security. 
Do you take it at 66, 67, which is the normal age? Or do you get 8% on your money and wait until you're 70 and take it at age 70? Are there any tricks for your spouse, like a restricted application if they're old enough? Because that waiting from 66 to 70, that could be an 8% return on your money for the rest of your life, as long as you live past 80 and as long as you have other assets to fund. The other issue, though, is that if you are married, especially if there's a big age difference, what happens if one of you either dies early or one of you goes into a nursing home for a few years, which is not covered by Medicare? What's going to happen to the surviving spouse? Are they going to have enough money left over to live well into their 90s? Because what about you? I know people say, I don't want to live that long, but there are so many medical advancements now. Actually, some of the things that keeps me extremely positive on potentials for a long-term bull market are science, healthcare, technology, automation, all those things that are coming together right now. That is exciting, especially since I've blown out my knees, hips, everything else, doing all the sports that I like to do. I want to be bionic. I want that sound to be made like in the Million Dollar Man when I walk, and I want to be able to jump higher when I'm 70. But if my spouse leaves even longer and I've got pension or properties or that I take care of and things like that, I've got to make sure that there's a plan in place so that money keeps flowing for her. Social Security, the smaller check goes away when somebody dies. Sometimes pensions decline 50% or go to zero when somebody passes away. So you have to realize that. And then you get the idea of minimizing taxes. We could talk about that later in the show because that's important the way that you project your taxes, your income, and you fight what's called the IRA tax trap. A lot of people retire. They don't have a mortgage in, in retirement. If you've got a 401k, you've got an IRA, you've got a ton of debt because you have not paid Uncle Sam yet. You've got to deal with that throughout retirement. Want to get your calls on the air? It's 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Rob Black will be here shortly. He's actually saying something to me. I'm not sure what it is. Seminar. <laughs> seminar. I already talked about the seminar. Sign up quick. Go to newfocusfinancial.com, chadburton.com. You can sign up for the events. Retirement income strategies in the morning tomorrow and wealth building in the afternoon. KDOW. It's the Friday Ice Report. Friday Ice Report. Old time hockey. Like it is sure. Your San Jose Barracuda hockey updates. I can get dressed by myself. Wash your own clothes then? Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Got a little bit of side business to do on KM 12, AM 1220, KDOW. Uh, we are the voice of the San Jose Barracuda. So not, I'm not the voice, but we're the station, flag station of uh, the Barracuda. Joining me now to talk a little bit about the big games this weekend, Nick Nolenberger, voice of the San Jose Barracuda. Nick, how are you? Good. How are we doing, Rob? Good. Last time we talked, we were uh, still, I think, fighting at the end of round two, and now we're uh, pushing into round three. Pretty cool and pretty exciting stuff with the Barracuda, as they have two big home dates this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. I'll be at the Saturday game. Um, thanks for setting me up with that and uh, putting great tickets at sjbarracuda.com. That's sjbarracuda.com. So how are you doing? Like, you exhausted yet? Like, do you get paid for the playoffs? <laughs> no, there's no, there's no extra pay for the playoffs, but it's all... 
this is kind of what you know you, you grind out the regular season for and for the team to to get to this point it's been pretty pretty darn exciting we've had quite a few overtime games too and for me from a physical standpoint it's it's a war of attrition when you get into a into a force period and and you cross your fingers that it ends in the, in that first overtime because as you know in the playoffs it just can keep on going until someone scores so um you could go throughout the night and uh, a couple of those overtimes have been you know huffing and puffing late in the games but uh fortunately they have not gone beyond just the the one overtime but um yeah it's been it's been a great ride so far everybody's really excited where the team's at and the opportunity to continue to advance and continue to you know try to play play for a championship so um, to, to get all three wins in San Diego was a little bit of a pipe dream, but uh, the guys were able to uh, put it on the line and, and scratch out all three and move it on. And now you get a Grand Rapids team, a team not too familiar with, but enough because they got a, got them a couple times during the regular season, so it should be a pretty fun series. So knocking out San Diego was knocking out the Anaheim Mighty Ducks uh, uh, AHL franchise. The team that you're playing now, the Griffins, are the Detroit franchise, uh, AHL franchise. Unlike the Barracuda San Diego um, kind of matchup, this one, it's got all the AHL players. Uh, Detroit's been out of the playoffs for quite a while. Yeah, they've been out of the playoffs, so they've got a, a good plethora of young guys. and uh, Also, they, they have a lot of success. Uh, the, the Griffins have made it to the Western Conference Finals three times over the last five years. They won a Calder Cup a couple years back. Um, you know, and they have quite a few guys still on the roster that were part of that group. So um, that, that's going to be the difference, I think. Maybe not the difference in moving on, but going to be the difference in the early going is in a lack of experience for San Jose um, just because there's so many young guys, one of the youngest teams in the American Hockey League during the regular season. But um, I think what the Bear could have done good this year is no matter what uh, – situation they've been put in it hasn't mattered that they haven't been there before in the past and um, they've been able to adjust and, and you know step up to the plate and that's exactly what happened in the second round and i'm uh, the, the ducks had a lot of guys who were banged up a lot of guys up and i think that helped san jose but they still had some guys with experience the guys who had won calder cups and san jose doesn't they only have one guy who has a calder cup and that's Zach team and he's in and out of the lineup he's not a full-time guy so um it's going to be a challenge but i think as San Jose's done all year in this young group, it's you know there hasn't been anything put in them in front of them just yet that has been too much for them to handle. So I think that's why everybody's so intrigued. I love that you can go to a game this weekend, Saturday or Sunday, 6 p.m. Saturday, Sunday, 5 p.m. And for a family man, I can promise you, you can't go to the movies for what you can go to an AHL hockey game for. Four tickets, four hot dogs, $64. That's pretty darn amazing. That's a great deal. Um, lots of family entertainment. It's at the SAP Center, so you're not at the Cow Palace. You're not at some sort of sideshow or anything like that. This is AHL hockey, which is pretty darn close to NHL hockey, um, and it's playoff atmosphere, which is pretty exciting. And did you know, Nick, there's a sign on 101 right now for uh, the Barracuda and the Griffins? I did not. I did not. Yeah, so the, um, the, the club franchise is supporting this push, and they're trying to get people more and more excited um, as you're down again to the Final Four, which is pretty exciting. Um, so how about, um, from your perspective, Roy Sommer, how is he handling this, this push, this, this sudden success? And it's year one at SAP. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's, uh, Roy's been at this for a long time. This is his 19th year. He has more wins as an AHL coach than anybody in the history, you know, of, of the league, which has been around for more than 80 years. So, um, 
for Roy, I think he's trying to soak it in himself because this is the first time he's gotten to the Western Conference Finals. First time he's got to a conference final. Of course, he was in Worcester and he was in Cleveland, he was in Kentucky, so it wasn't always in the Western Conference. But the first time he's been to a conference final over the 19 years, he shows how hard it is to get there. And whether you're trying to make it to a Stanley Cup like the Sharks did last year where they hadn't got over that hump either, or, or you're trying to make it to a Calder Cup and you got to go through the Western Conference Finals first. It's just a tough thing to do, especially in, in pro hockey because of the kind of war of attrition that it takes to get there. It's this long, grueling, grinded-out physical series. And um, I think Roy's taking it in stride. He realized how good this bunch was from an early going. And at this point, it's kind of just making sure he steers them in the right track and making sure that he doesn't practice them too hard and making sure that all the details are taken care of. Because when you get to this point in the year, more than just the, the personnel, the details are as important as anything in, in, in winning and losing. So for Roy, taking it in stride, I think he's enjoying it. And, and everybody's just trying to, you know, not look too far ahead, not look to the finals, you know, really enjoy the moment. So what do you think this is going to be this year? It's going to be in this um – this round is it going to be a defensive struggle. Or what are you thinking? This is a team in Grand Rapids that's. I think they're scoring almost four goals a game, so they can put the puck in the back of the net. And um, for San Jose, they have as much speed and skill as anybody in the league. But um, they've got to dictate the play. They, you know, when when other teams are able to kind of play their game, is when when the Barracuda have a little more trouble than normal. So it's about dictating your own play, dictating your own pace, and, and controlling it from that point. But I expect a high-scoring affair. I expect to kind of knock them out, drag them out. It'll be physical and chippy. But these are two teams that are a little more geared towards finesse and, and, and scoring goals. So for San Jose, that, that kind of suits them better. Um, these two clubs play each other twice in the regular season, which doesn't matter once you get to the postseason, but it gives you kind of a, an idea of what they're all about. And there's not as much unknown. So... For both teams, I think it's going to be maybe a game or two where it's a feel-it-out process, and then somebody's going to be able to take the reins and, and go with this series. But when you have home ice, you got to take advantage of it, and that's what San Jose has for the first couple games. I'm pretty excited because the AHL uh, has covered the Final Four or covered pretty well on the NHL Network on cable. Uh, we got you covered on radio here on AM 1220 KDOW. Nick runs the show, so to speak. Is the voice. Uh, it's the Calder Cup playoffs. Uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing from the roster. I'm liking where we are at this point in time. Uh, a lot of rookies stepping up, and I think that bodes well for the Sharks in the future. Any breakouts? Uh, you think Danny Regan, who's going who's gonna to be the star of the series? I mean, again, you only need 16 stars in the playoffs. You only need 16 heroes. We need eight more. Yeah, I mean, Danny would be a good guy to point to because he's done it all season long and he continues to do it in the postseason. Uh, Ryan Carpenter has been sensational in the playoffs for us. He leads the league right now in points and goals and plus minus. So uh, I don't know if we could look too far past number 42. So, um, you know, you never know this time of year. It's always an unsuspecting hero and everybody's got to elevate their game and chip in. And, and you know, the big guns tend to get shut down just because they're isolated. So somebody else has got to take their role. Thanks very much. See you Saturday night, Sunday night at the SAP Center. It's playoff hockey. Hopefully we don't have to come back for game six and seven. That's ten days away anyway. So with that being said, you can find tickets. $64 taken family at four out with food. That ain't bad. Uh, $2 beers once you're there. That's pretty darn good. Find out more at sjbarracuda.com. That's sjbarracuda.com. Shovels and dirt, shovels and dirt. Well, it ain't worth living if you don't care. I got a head full of darkness and darkness is good.
Bob Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. We have open phone lines at 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. I have sitting with me in studio today, CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton grew up in the Pacific Northwest. You feel anything when Chris Cornell took himself? Ugh, yeah. Soundgarden. I mean, look at all of grunge. them. I mean, all of, a lot of the you know major grunge guys are gone. Yeah. What's crazy is my son in high school is listening to that stuff again now, and flannels are back and things like that. It's like that whole era is just coming back again. I heard the Mariners did a, a nice thing last night, and in between every inning, they played Chris Cornell music, and the Space Needle was dark. So uh, I bring that up, not because I'm a topical radio show host. I'm not. But suicide and premature death. Uh, I have a friend that at um, just when he right around 50, I had a small mini stroke and then another stroke gone, just like that. I have another friend who was a little obese, got some stomach surgery done, dead six months later. Um, they're all my age. So how about premature death in financial planning? You're running that often? Is that something we're going to talk about in the seminar this weekend? Yeah. I mean, gosh, my, my mother-in-law has dealt with it all. She's She had an aneurysm when she was early 40s. Okay. Um, and that took her a while to recover. And then, um, did she recover? Not so good. Like, Hey, God, <laughs> depends on who you talk to. Okay. <laughs> no, she's, she's great now, but I guess there was a period of time where, I mean, it took, it took a while for the brain to heal. I just had a friend who is 42 years old, okay. have a major aneurysm. Okay. Um, so it's happening. It's like once you hit 35, it, like anything is on the table. Well, and then what, 15 years later, um, at a restaurant, my mother-in-law with her, Husband is sitting there, and he has a massive heart attack and passes away in front of the whole table. Yeah, how, how rude. So, I know. It's, no manners there. No, and he, it, I've got a deal on my radio contract that if I have a heart attack, I have to do it on air. I think you might have had them on air already. <laughs> That's called diarrhea. That's totally different. I don't know where this is diarrhea. going now. <laughs> Premature death. Let's talk about it and how not it even, could... Uh, not even eight yet, and it's going downhill. No, no. Um, <laughs> I think it's kind of important. Um, I'm obviously a breadwinner. You're a breadwinner. It's important to have life insurance because at any point in time, it could be you or me. Yep. In theory. So. Yep. It can. The problem is, is that, you know, people talk about all that time and then all of a sudden they're going to run into their friend that's working for some multi-level marketing firm for a few months while they're trying to sell them permanent life insurance when they're, you know, 28 years old and still trying to fund their 401k. So steer clear of that garbage. So essentially what you're saying is, and you'll talk a little bit more about this this weekend, is we don't really need permanent life insurance because if we do live our normal life, it's going to be 82, 85 years old and we'll have accumulated enough assets. We need short-term life insurance, which is term life. Yep, 20, 30-year level term. And that covers 20 to 30-year term covers 20 to 30 years of working. Right. Is the right way of putting it. Right. And it's the idea is you continue to build your assets. So you have, by the time you get through that 20 or 30 year level life insurance policy, and that's going to end, you've built up enough assets in your 401k and other places that you don't need it anymore. The, the people that continue to need permanent life insurance in retirement are those that, let's say they're retiring from, uh, let's see, what's them, like Lockheed Martin and still had a pension, um, GE, 
a couple of government agencies where they have the choices on their pensions on whether or not when they pass away, their spouse gets 100% of their pension, and then they get a lower current benefit, 50% of their pension when they die, and a little bit higher current benefit. Or they can say, I want to take the bigger monthly benefit, and if I die, my spouse gets nothing. The spouse has to sign off on that. And then the idea is that if there's enough difference between the, the different numbers, you buy a permanent really low-load permanent life insurance policy. It's not meant to build cash value. It's meant to last to age you know, 100 or longer. So pension planning, um, there might be estate planning purposes, like if you have a business that needs to uh, pass to somebody else or there's taxes that are due when somebody dies, then you own permanent life insurance in a trust. Gotcha. Um, and then certain people that have super high cash flow and they've done all the real estate and stocks that they want, there's a couple of alternative investments that can go through life insurance as a bond alternative, but you're talking about 1% of the population. So the majority of the people listening to the show need to look at permanent life insurance as kind of evil. Mm, or it's something to really take a close look at and question, is this right for me? Yeah, yeah. And it's probably not. Now, if people have had it for 15 years, uh-huh. you know, even 10 years or or somewhere around that time, and it's built up a cash value... Um, there are ways to, you, you don't want to just ditch it right? just because you heard us talking about it. You need to get a second opinion from a fiduciary that has your best interest in mind, and, and they're not going to earn a commission on what you're talking about. But sometimes people get close to retirement. Let's say you're 55, 60 years old, and you bought a permanent life insurance, one of the good ones from the 80s. Yeah. They do exist, believe it or not. They used to be pretty good products. But you don't need the death benefit anymore, and you have all this cash, and you can either start taking an income from it, or you can actually do a 1035 exchange into a different type of life insurance policy where you actually can use the death benefit early to pay for things like nursing homes. And so it's the way that the long-term care industry has kind of evolved and merging into the life insurance industry. So there are rescue plans that are available out there as well. So just because we're saying buy term and invest the difference doesn't mean that all of this stuff is evil. Just kind of think of that most of it is. Especially when it's new policies and there's a commission to be earned. Um, yeah. And somebody's trying to tell you, sell you a, a an insurance policy that builds up cash value that's invested in stuff that can't lose money. That's the, the big thing. And you haven't maxed your 401k, maxed out Roth IRAs for you and your spouse, and set aside money in just a normal index fund outside of retirement accounts. Yeah. You're not even close to being ready to do something like that. I hear you. And what's, what's kind of interesting even further on that is sometimes I'll see groups and um, – I don't think I should name them, but they're basically multi-level marketing where they get friends to recruit friends, um, and they push life insurance as an investment vehicle. And what's really scary about that, at least an insurance agent has some sort of you know formal training. Mm-hmm. And then you can get into the, I work for Fidelity, and they have a lot of training. Then you can get into the fiduciary world that you are in with the CFPs, and there's a ton of training. Um, I don't like the multi-level marketing where it's a mom Selling insurance or you know a guy fresh out of college. Too, and I, I just, I see it every once in a while is all of a sudden they, they get into this life coaching crap when right. they're sucked into this multi-level marketing Absolutely. and you can see those morons on Facebook because they start posting their videos as they're driving that are some motivational, like they think they're a life coach. Yeah. And they're, hi guys, it's me. I'm on Facebook. I want to talk to you about protecting your family and being all you can be. It's, <laughs> it just makes me cringe. Get stand that stuff. Yeah, I, I have a friend who's totally hooked into the Abraham Hicks world, and it's pretty embarrassing when you talk to that person. They're telling you what 
you know, they pay a large amount of money to be told your inner circle rings with positivity. Therefore, mm-hmm. you ring with positivity. Yeah. If your inner circle, it's can the, you see your inner circle? Oprah Winfrey's Secret, right? Or whatever that book was, which I actually, a lot of that I believe in, but I'm not going to sit there and preach it. And I don't know. It's... It's it's a little bit a little bit creepy. I I saw one of these people that were a um, certified relationship specialist, uh-huh. and they were doing that Facebook Live, and your partner yeah. this, your partner that, and their partner just left them. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, I feel sad for the family, but at the same time, it was like, hmm, maybe you're spending too much time on Facebook. So we got two events coming up this weekend: retirement income strategies and estate planning in Palo Alto, and investing for your first million. Uh, we don't have very many seats for the f- investing for your first million. We got plenty of seats because we opened up the room for the retirement income strategies and estate planning seminar with Chad Burton from nine to eleven at the Elks Lodge Palo Alto. Great parking. Um, basically, retirement planning is kind of complicated. There's all sorts of things going on. Social Security. Do you take the first check you can get? Do you take the second check you can get? Or do you take the final check you can get? Where by waiting to get more money? Yeah. Um, I was looking at my Social Security benefits uh, just two days ago and. It was shocking how much more money you get by waiting. Um, it's actually kind of an investment to wait. So I went and brushed my teeth. I did a couple sit-ups and uh, just hope I can wait as long as I can. Kind of floss, though, too. That's one thing I'm bad at. Flossing is really important. My dentist has told me um, if you have to do flossing or brushing, floss. Really? Yeah, your tongue will get most of the stuff hmm. on, the, on the teeth. So. Drink too much coffee for that. <laughs> We're going to get calls from dentists. Like, no. <laughs> you know, I actually have um, a good friend of mine is, uh, on my kid's soccer team. His dad um, was a dentist and basically cut his his hand at one point in time. He's been on disability insurance already for 15 years, and he's going to be on disability for another 20. Um, kind of shocking when you like meet people who are in disability that are like normal-looking. They're not obese. They're... They're not morbid. Yep. They're not like wanting it. They're just, that was his profession and he can't do it anymore. So back in the, the 80s. And wait, wait, wait. For the record, people can set up for the events at robblackshow.com, throbblackshow.com. Uh, use the code radio25 to get in, radio25. It's tomorrow. Back it to is you. tomorrow. Yeah. Well, in the 80s, there was a lot of disability insurance coverage where you could actually kind of buy more, buy so much coverage that because the income was tax free, you could actually go on disability and make more money than when you were working. And when um, some reimbursement and, and health care changes occurred and doctors were actually making less money, there was this whole string of doctors becoming disabled and they had what's called ONOC policies. So okay. it means that, yeah, if you could go ma- go back to work somewhere else making 60%, you know, a lot of policies will pay the difference. This policy said, nope, if you can't do that job, we're going to pay you 100%. And so they would... They were going on disability in waves, and it changed the entire industry. Can you do a little black hole sun for me? Because we're not legally allowed to pay it because there's a royalty fight. I, I can't hit that note. I had a range, man. You had a range. He had four octaves, they say. Oh, I so, missed that. Chris Cornell. Anyway. Spoon man. It's um, CFP Chad Burton. Come meet him tomorrow from 9 to 11. If you bring moisturizer, he likes it rubbed onto his face. He's going to be talking from 9 to 11 retirement income strategies and estate planning seminars. More information about it at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com.
Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's off to an interesting uh, 2017 campaign on Wall Street. we got a new president in, and a lot of excitement about his agenda was there. We're talking tax reform. We're talking tax repatriation, cash overseas, lots of tech companies, woo paying big, fat dividends or doing something. We were talking... Um, Infrastructure program, which, hey, I'm all for potholes getting fixed. Uh, the easier you make my drive up and down 101, up and down 880, uh, the faster I can do business, the less time I spend in an auto shop, getting my wheels realigned or what have you. It's big stuff. It's a pretty big deal, in my opinion. So it didn't quite go that way. First 100 days has turned into, is he even going to beach? I think he's going to beach. What if it just turns out like a Ron Contra? Should I sell? I had a friend, Tony. Oh, I don't know, Tony. Um, Chad, CFP Chad, we're at newfocusfinancial.com. He'll be at the event this weekend. You can come meet him. And like I said, bring moisturizer. He loves it. Rubbed into his face slowly and calmly in gentle circles. Retirement income strategies and estate planning seminar from 9 to 11 at the Elks Lodge. Great location, the Elks Lodge. I um, do not. I have sensitive skin, Rob. I do not like that. Um, what was I going to ask you? There's very few lotions that work on this pretty face. <laughs> what was I going to ask you? Because <laughs> we need no idea. No idea. God. Uh, so you get... Lotion in my face, you get distracted. I don't know. Yeah. I inherited <laughs> that, a mess. That's right. <laughs> that's what I was going to talk to you about. Uh, well, we have a, a bit of a, the same thing going on in Brazil right now that affected emerging markets quite a bit. But just a second on that. Um, I had a friend who texted me, and he goes, uh, my wife sold everything until uh, until he gets impeached. I'm like, I don't know if I would have done that. I, I don't think I would have sold everything. Good luck on timing I, that one right. I get... The let's shift to bonds. I get the other angles. Mm-hmm. Um, let's shift to more European stocks that aren't. But I don't. People just don't get the idea of dividends. If they just look at their portfolio and look at, try to look at a month worth of statements, three months worth of statements, so they can see how many dividends come into their portfolio. Let's say you sell out now and the market's flat or declines for a short period of time and then comes back up to where it was in a year. And even if he gets impeached at some point in that time and it takes two years, let's say, for the market to get back to, to even. This is just, an, I, I, this isn't, I'm saying it's going to happen, but if you got a million-dollar portfolio, that's $30,000 a year of dividends that you get, regardless of what the price of the stocks are doing. So if you sell out, you miss out on all of those dividends that can be being reinvested when the prices are slightly better. Um, and then you're not, when you when you go to cash and it's in your 401k and you're not putting money into it and the money is just going into money market, then you've then when are you going to time your reentry point? That's 10% higher than where you sold? Good luck with that. That's an idiot's way to manage money. So You could probably wear a book <laughs> called The Idiot's Way to Manage Money. <laughs> yeah. That'd actually be kind of fun. It's like, um, I think there's another one. Um, I am idiot or I am unicorn. So with all the unicorns around the Bay Area, like people are starting to make fun of themselves as unicorns. I are a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> um, to use just bad grammar and kind of own it, so to speak. But, okay, so we talked about potentially Trump. And, again, I'm not political. I'm not trying to make that. There's another station called KTRB in the Bay Area, which you can listen to, and they talk politics all the time. Um, I'll deal with it when there's actual 
proof of something. Just some guy saying he happened to write a memo. I mean, what if he had the meeting, realized that there's a potential he's going to get fired, and then he goes and writes this memo? It's a memo. <laughs> what do we have so far? So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just over know to what's br- good and bad. <laughs> Wrong. If, if we just don't let him talk or tweet anymore for the next three point whatever years, uh, that'd be nice. <laughs> just push your pro business stuff through and shut your face. Which is a very good thing. Which is a very, very good thing. Uh, I love the way he talks. We used to make fun of George W. Bush for, you know, some of the things that would come out of his mouth. Um, you know. He makes me want to go before I say stuff, though, all the time. I kind of want to develop that habit for some reason and then talk. He's got a wispy, waspy way of telling a story, which I want to, like, incorporate in the radio show. He's like, in Syria, they've got books. They got bad books for the kids that in Syrian kindergarten. They're books that are bad. I've read them. I'm like, you didn't read the books for the kids. Believe me, I read them. Believe me, they're bad books. Um, so I kind of want to incorporate that into my show some way, somehow, some shape, some form. Um, anyway, um, show would be beautiful. You just brought up Brazil, and we're not going to talk Brazil tomorrow, are we? No. At the big event, people These can are- sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Get in for free with our code Radio Twenty Five. Yeah, I mean, 23 years in the business, these stories are just like repeats of other stories with different character names in them. I mean, it's just the same thing happens over and over again. That's why, you know, most people for the first 250,000 should be in passive investing, you know, indexing and things like that. Because they're just, just look at the Trump trade in general. All of the stuff that did really well right after the election, as soon as the year turned over, that's the stuff that didn't do so well. And all the other stuff caught up. Um, emerging markets and European markets are well ahead of the S&P 500 this year so far. In fact, your emerging markets are about double the return of the S&P 500, and that's what everybody wanted to sell and was selling in the fourth quarter of last year because of Trump protectionism. And as we're finding, I mean, Congress isn't just going to let anything go through that's going to endanger revenue or jobs and things like that. So um, a lot of that protectionism has backed off. Now, what's still probably got a little bit of premium in the market is the repatriation of cash. I think people are really realizing that there's not going to be a major tax thing that's pushed through likely this year. Be surprised. I mean, maybe they use this as a catalyst that says we've got to get something positive done before the August recess, but I just don't see it happening. It seems tough, right? Yeah. Uh, Trump's going to go on one of his first, uh, well, no, he's going on his first out-of-state out of country uh, yeah. tour, maybe to escape some of the heat. Uh, it's pretty interesting stuff, yeah, to say the least. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. We've got two events coming up this weekend. The first one is Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar from 9 to 11. I'm missing a soccer game for that one. That's tough. But I'm going to learn all about it. I'm going to pay attention to Chad, Social Security Strategies, uh, minimizing taxes and income. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Use the code RADIO25. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.